Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, Deborah and Jackie. We're outside today on an absolutely gorgeous day in Toronto. And we thought we'd draw attention to a very important issue, and that is abortion. And obviously, following our biblical theme, we're going to try to stay in the context of that and, you know, give the opposing arguments uh, or the arguments that confirm uh, support for this issue. And I'd like to start by asking you a question, Deb. What do you think about abortion rights? Well, Jackie, if you're going to ask me from a biblical standpoint, I can tell you. Now, the Bible does not talk about abortion as in the word abortion that we use today. But he does talk about, but he, but it does talk about, you know, the termination of a life. And a lot of people have this misconception that life is when the baby literally comes out of you. And that's not it. Conception starts even before the process because when when remember when God said even before you were conceived in your mother's womb I knew you yes so conception starts with God and then it manifests to us hmm. okay so when that when that conception happens and we literally go and remove that we're saying to God I don't need you to um conceive anything within my womb my womb is not made for that so I'm going to get rid of it because the thing is, children comes from God. Man is only used as a tool to transport that sperm for that woman to get pregnant. But you know a lot of men will have sex for years trying to have a baby with that woman and they cannot conceive. We look at Sarah. Sarah was so barren up until she was 80. Moses having a baby at 100. It wasn't, there's nothing wrong with Moses' sperm because Sarah did have her maid make, Moses had a baby with her and she, she got pregnant. Right. So the thing is, we, Abraham, Abraham, sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying Moses. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. So, so fast forward to today's um, society, people are just eating their children left, right and center because of their career, maybe because of incest, maybe because they just feel like my choice, my body, I don't want to have a baby. It's an inconvenience to me. And I feel like, that is wrong. That's not a reason for having abortion. What if your mother had aborted you? Would you even have a choice today to say that you don't want to have a child? Yeah, these are very valid uh, arguments. And, you know, you definitely make a strong case there for sure. You know, uh -huh. so if our parents had aborted us, what, what would this world look like? And if every parent were to get pregnant and abort their children, this world, we wouldn't, there would be no procreation. There would be no reproduction. There's be no point to it. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? So for us to be going around and getting upset, some people die on the operation table doing this process. And what the media is not telling you is how many people die per year as a cause, as a result of abortion. In the Caribbean, we don't have like the luxury of paying a doctor for abortion. You know what a lot of us do back home? We do backstreet abortion. We drink bleach. We drink beer and Epsom salt. We do all these things that is not even medically safe just to get rid of a baby. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm done for it. And I don't think that in that context that people really want to do something hateful. It's just that under circumstances that are created, it's not feasible for them to carry a baby to term. And I think this is where I enter into the position, because if you were to say to me, what do I feel about abortion rights? I think, first of all, 
I would have to go with the statement that Hillary Clinton said that women's rights are human rights. So I start with the position that uh, while I can see the fact that abortion is taking a life and it does hurt me from the standpoint that if women are just using it for birth control or to say, look, I made a mistake, a baby came along, I wasn't prepared for it, I didn't want it, and I'd like to get rid of it. And they take a casual attitude toward the termination of that pregnancy. It does make me a bit angry because I do think that it is the loss of life. And it's something that can really pierce a person's soul when you have to terminate a pregnancy. And especially if you did it in a cavalier, nonchalant uh, way, it sometimes comes back to bite you and, you. and you can think about or regret that decision for many years. But in the same token, I think, let's look at the United States, for example, okay? In Canada, we have extremely generous parental benefits, almost as good as they are in European countries like Amsterdam and the Netherlands, etc. And a woman can deliver a child in Canada and get benefits for up to 15 months after that baby. Now, in the U.S., it isn't even close. When you have a child, you literally have about a month to get your act together, get back to your job, or else it isn't going to be there. You know, it's it's a marketplace that turns over quickly, and people have to be able to fit their life together very quickly. So in some instances, um, it's very costly medically to deliver a baby in the United States. Out of pocket, it's very high demand. So it really does need to be something with some forethought. And if you're going to have a baby and, you know, it's a, a happily uh, married couple or a couple that's been together for a long time, it's easier, you know, to see that that pregnancy could carry itself through in a smooth fashion. But suppose it is a young girl, as you say, and a young girl, you know, who could have just been experimenting with sex, uh, maybe not even nearly committed to spending her life with the person that she's involved with at this time. It, she turns out to be pregnant and all of a sudden she's like, you know, what am I going to do? I'm in a terrible position. Uh, I made a mistake. You know, I still have my life ahead of me. If I choose to carry this baby, then I have to arrange for it to be adopted. I have to tell my parents, you know, it becomes a whole issue. And some people are not ready for that. Can I stop you there? Yes. All right. So you made a point about if it's a teenager or somebody who's just not ready to have a family. Yes. Now, a lot of this cases about abortion is really stems just based on women's decision. What about the men? Why are nobody taking the men's consideration into this? A lot of women get pregnant for one or two reasons. One, they get pregnant to trap the man. Yes. The other one, they get pregnant just because they wanted to have sex and they weren't careful. Okay. But even if you you had a have a a baby, you you get pregnant and you didn't plan on having a baby, the father deserved to know, and the father deserved to make the decision with you. But a lot of women are not making the man part of this decision. They're taking that decision solely to themselves to say, "I'm gonna have an abortion." Oh well, I'm gonna have to put it up for adoption. How do you know the father wants a child, his child to be put up for adoption? What if the, the man is able to take that child away from you so you don't have that worries and stress that you're worrying about? Yeah, it's it's 50-50 in that context. Yeah, yeah. but in the because, cases, yeah. they're not allowing the men to make a decision on that. In a lot of cases, And this Roe v. Yeah. Wade is bullshit. Yeah. It's bullshit. I'm glad that it got canceled. Because in a lot of the cases, women just make their decision. My choice, my body. That is the whole concept. That's the mission statement. It is. Yeah. So because it's your choice, your your body... Hmm. 
Funny enough, a man can't say, my money, my wallet. I'm not paying you for child support. The government is on his ass. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah, so, so how is the government supporting the woman for abortion, but not supporting the men if they say they don't want to have this child and they're not paying child support for this child? Where does the law comes in there? That's that's really a great question that does, you know, stick a, a nail in some of the points I was making, because truthfully, this is what women are fighting for. And that's why I said it's a human rights issue, because women are saying it's my body that's going to carry that child for the next nine months. I'm the one who gets to make the decision. But I agree with you. It took two to produce that baby. Exactly. And you cannot dispute that. And in a lot of cases, I think it's grossly unfair if a woman at any age doesn't involve the man in this decision. Exactly. And in a lot of cases, they do not. They, they don't, don't. They don't feel they have to. They feel that I'm the one who's going to bear the cost, so I'm the one who will make the decision. So there is a bit of discrimination there. And there is a bit of isolating a man's position in this case. They're emasculating yeah. men over and over and over and over. Yeah. And they want men to be to, to be men to stand up and take responsibility when they're not even giving the man the responsibility. They're taking it away. And when they take it away, all they have to say is, you're not a man. How can I be a man when you didn't allow me to be a man? Hmm. How can I do? How can I support something that I know nothing of? And then when you go and have the abortion... Years later now, you find another man who wants to have a family with you and you realize you can't get pregnant because guess what? You destroy your womb. And that, but that you're not going to tell him the truth. Yeah. You're not going to tell him the truth while I had an abortion. Mm -hmm. You're going to blame it on the man saying the man can't have kids when it's you the problem. And in a, a lot of cases, unfortunately, you're talking multiple abortions for several women. Yeah. You're not just talking a single incident. You're talking that some women have had maybe two and three abortions before they eventually sit down and then sadly do make the decision that they do want a child. So that is an issue that we have to give some consideration to. Now, in another area, let's say incest. I think there was a recent case in the States, and I don't want to be misquoted, but a 10-year-old girl became pregnant, and the decision was made for her to have an abortion. So we have to presume that this was an incestuous situation, because I don't think a lot of 10-year-old kids would give consent for sex, but I could be wrong, so I'm not going to, to stake my position one yeah, way or the other. Yeah, but a 10-year-old body's not even ready for that kind of trauma So either. this is why I'm saying it, it's a difficult situation, but... What would happen, Deb? How would a 10-year-old kid carry a child to term? First of all, their body, it could be strong enough to sustain a pregnancy. It's quite possible because women at, uh, young girls at 12 and 14 are much more developed than when I was 12 and 14. So maybe they do have the capacity to carry the child to term. But still, I mean, that child would, is still a minor in the eyes of the law. So the parents would have to be overseeing the care and the outcome where this child is concerned. And I can't think of too many parents who would want their 10-year-old to carry a baby to term when there's a possibility of them terminating that pregnancy and hopefully having the child begin anew. So there, See, there's situations. A very that's it a is very a complicated, complicated situation. situation. It is. Because if I have a 10-year-old daughter and she becomes pregnant, right? She comes to me and says, Mom, I'm pregnant. Okay, well, how did you get pregnant? Of course. <laughs> yeah. And who's the father? Now, if I realize the man who got you pregnant is a grown-ass man. Yes. Yes, you deserve to go to jail. One. Yeah. Number two. Now, how are we going to deal with the baby? Yeah. Are we going to have an abortion here? Are we going to let you have the baby, give it up for adoption? Or are you going to have the baby and I'm going to take care of the damn baby? Yeah. Right? It's a bold decision. It is a bold but decision. But at the end of the day, you still have to make a decision. Let me tell you something. 
not because a situation is what it is doesn't mean you have to make the wrong decision. You can make the right decision and still be at the top of your game. Because not everything that come to you unexpected is come to harm you. It come to teach you. It come to, 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 to make you realize certain lessons in life. You know, not everything that is bad is literally bad. It's a lesson that you need to learn. And, and I have seen that, that sometimes uh, a person who came into this world under the worst circumstances turns out to do great things that change the world. So there is, there is a correlation because there. Something yeah, that I realized, sure. something that I realized, and I've seen it repetitively, when you are a parent, you want to teach your children everything that you know. But somehow, some kids take it, some kids reject it. But when you become a grandparent... You are so much of a better parent to your grandchildren than you were to your children. And you ask why? Because I see it all the time. Yeah. Grandparents are so much more better parents to their grandchildren than they are to their actual children. And the cycle continues. Yeah, that's true. Because you learn life's lessons. Exactly. You know, you, you come at things from a totally different angle. That sometimes when you're a parent... You can be maybe a little harsh, a little unsympathetic, but then, you know, uh, round two. As time goes yeah, by, you learn changes. how, to, how yeah. to eliminate certain things and embrace certain things. Because if you're a parent who had two, three abortions in your life, and then now you're trying to have a baby, and for some miracle, God gave you a child, okay? Mm -hmm. You're going to teach your child to never, ever have an abortion because you know what it did to you. Yeah, that's true. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know, I read this quote saying, don't try to give your children everything you never had. Try to teach them everything you were never thought. Wow, that's good. Never taught. Yeah, very good. And a lot of us always use material things to, to gravitate towards our kids as a way of making up for the loss. But we, but the lesson in, in life, the life lessons is what we don't teach them. And this is why we have so much problems. And I'm saying life is not a problem. People are the problem. It's true. And, and I think this is why this issue is so difficult because it's so individualistic. And this is what we talk about. And to a certain extent, life is foundational. And this is the message that we're trying to get across when we focus on the Bible, that there are rules for living. There are principles. And if you want to have an abundant life, the way God describes it, then there are certain things that you should not do. If you want to send your life to hell and back, then if you deviate from these things, that is the outcome that you will get. And this is not just uh, wasted words or idle chatter. This is factual. It is documented there that you have to have a foundation for something. And this is the thing. When people say, no, it's me, me, me. I'm going to do this for me. I'm going to do this because this doesn't suit me. Then it becomes difficult to get uh, any sort of closure on this issue. Now, right now in the U.S., with the midterm elections coming up, women are angry. Okay, plain and simple. They're angry because they see this as a personal attack on their freedoms. But as we're trying to say, it's so much more complicated than that. It's not just a personal attack, but it's 
Uh, it's based on institutional values that are being compromised. It's based on long-term damage that could be done to you. So it does have a religious foundation, whether you like it or not, because it involves timing. It becomes, it involves forethought. It becomes how your life plan can be altered or changed. There's so many things that enter into this equation. Abortion is a very, very difficult subject. Here's the thing with me, mm -hmm. and I'm, as we close off on this subject, the problem that I'm that I'm seeing right now is the protesters who are protesting against this thing. Half of them, half of these women, have never had an abortion. Maybe have never even had a child. They've never even had. Well, whether they have a child or not, the fact is the majority who are protesting never had an abortion. And it's always that sort of people that would come out of the woodworks to try to stop or try to 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 empower something that they know they have no experience with. A woman who have an abortion, I guarantee you right now, if a woman had multiple, even one abortion, and that abortion has affected her life negatively, where she becomes barren, she will not be on the picket line saying, oh yes, my body, my choice, because her body, her choice, led her in a situation now where she cannot have a child. And it's regret, it's regret, regret, regret. So a lot of these women that you see on the front line, are those women who's never had an abortion and knows nothing about they're just feminists who's trying to empower women in the wrong way they're fueling something that they have no experience on and so i don't support that if you've had an abortion one two three and you want to come and tell me that abortion is the best way to go then be bold about it. Why don't you write on your chest, I've had multiple abortions and I'm fine. But you won't see them with that S on their chest because they're not superwoman, right? Mm -hmm. And they won't even look at the Bible to say, well, life comes from God. And so what we're doing is wrong. No, they don't even want to hear that biblical side of things because women has proven to be so spoiled and so manipulative and everything is, I want, I want. It's a woman's world now. But then James Brown said, this wouldn't be a man's world if we didn't have a woman in it. But that's probably the damn mistake that God made because we've ruined this world from beginning. You know, it's us, us, us. And I'm being, I'm so sick of it. As a woman, I'm telling you, some of these women make me feel like I shouldn't even be a woman. I'm not joking. Yeah. Because some of the decision that they want to come up with, it's just not like, oh, I'm independent. I don't need a man. I need a man. I need somebody to hold me. I need somebody to tell me that they love me. I need somebody to be that partner that God, you know, created for me. Yeah. I am not this. I'm not, I'm not on this one woman army because no man is an island, island. to himself. True. Wow. This is, this is beautiful, Deb. I'm sitting here with my mouth open because you put it, you just put it in such, uh, simple but accurate terms you know and, and you laid it out very me... well because you you kind of are also capturing something that i myself didn't give a lot of thought to and that is women are so good at painting themselves as victims yes we're so good at doing that and in effect we have a lot more power and a lot more control over the bad decisions we make than we ever take responsibility for no, and I really, yeah. I really can't understand the society and I can't understand the organization that support women and this spoil attitude, you know? Oh, if a, if a man have to, um, discipline his wife, oh, the police have to be involved. Oh, if a man, I'm not saying abuse is okay. Abuse is never okay on any occasion where a man puts his hand on a woman. But when it comes to, we're talking about family here. You don't go and il eliminate a family 
without discussing it with the person that you lie down with. He was good enough for you to lie down and open your legs with. He's good enough for you to open your mouth and share your thoughts and your feelings with about your decision. Yeah. It is so unfair and I'm so sick of it. And I know when in our private discussions, we, we did mention the final area of rape and I took it very strongly to say, well, why would you want to carry the child of a rapist? But you did draw attention to a very important point, And you said that really a very small percentage of rapes wind up with a pregnancy. But the numbers are very, exactly. very small, like probably less than 2%. Yeah. That's how small the numbers are. And media don't bring that out there. Yeah. So I'm not saying that it isn't a horrible thing. But the truth is that despite, you know, such a, a horribly invasive act to be brutally assaulted like that. There are tablets and pills that you can take after the assault, which suppress pregnancy. And these are medically induced ways to make sure that, you know, you don't carry a child as a result of the incident. And, you know, because of that, you sometimes can't use that as an excuse either. I think the area that does get my greatest sympathy would have to be incest. It does get my greatest sympathy. And I worry that in the case of dismantling abortion laws, that more people might not try incestuous things because they know there is no way to stop their behavior or to control their behavior. So I am not a hundred percent, you know, in favor of having no abortion rights, but I would say I'm pretty damn close to seeing the value of human life. And I do kind of support your position a lot. I think you make very strong arguments that God did conceive us. He made plans for us as individuals in an architectural sense from the moment conception began. And I think life does have value and we do have to give respect to that. Life is not something that you can just terminate. But in the case of a mother's life over a child, again, I do think there are questions that deserve our sympathy. Now, we look at surrogacy now as being something big on the rise for women to, yeah. have, to have baby. Why are you choosing surrogacy if you're able to carry a baby, right? Now, you may not have an abortion, but guess what? God has not blessed your womb with the fruits for you to produce. And so you have to use another person to do so what if that person had abortions upon abortions that does not allow her the opportunity to carry your fruit hmm? yeah very true nobody's looking at the outside of the parameters they're looking only on the surface of it just for a self-satisfying desire that they have right here right now yeah and it has to stop we have to stop supporting the things that is so superficial that that makes us as, as human just want to continue to do repeatedly. We can't do that. People use abortion as it's like a, a pill a day. Let's take a pill a day. It's like a one a day pill. Huh. You can't do that. Wow. Life is precious and life comes from God. You know how you feel when your child die, when you go give birth, Nine months and you raise your kid and then all of a sudden one day some of you got a phone call saying your child died. It's like you want to die. It's, How could you not want to die knowing that you're ripping a life out of your inside? How could you not? How does that not bother you? How does that not grow in your conscience? Is it because you don't see the child? Is it because there's no movement of kicking or anything? And you think of it as just a little pee. It's just a little pee. It's nothing. There's no brain. There's no head. There is. You didn't give it time to, to, to grow. You're ripping it out of its existence. And as far as I'm concerned, if you're able, you, this whole abortion rights is just another way of saying, 
I want to be able to legally kill when I have the opportunity to do it. Wow. Well, I, I, I think you've, you've really done a beautiful job here, Deb, in articulating the importance of human life and how to save it. And I will say that to me, the only truly uh, extenuating circumstance that allows us to compromise that very definitive uh, biblical concept of life is really if it becomes a question of the mother losing her life to carry that pregnancy to term. And it would have to be a very strict situation. But even in the case of, of carrying a disabled child, in a lot of cases, if that was God's will, then maybe, you know, that child can be brought into this world and can still do something wonderful with their life. Nobody understand the life yeah. process because when I was pregnant yeah. with my son, my doctor told me, oh, have an abortion because your child is going to come out as a vegetable. A vegetable what? What kind of a broccoli? What? A, a tomato? What kind of vegetable is my son? Now, my son is a walking, talking machine who literally gone to school and get awards for academics, leadership, athleticism. Where was the vegetable in that? Hmm? Mm. Had I listened, I would have been up on the operating table saying, suck that baby out of me. I don't want it because it's going to come like a nobody. And these are the things that doctors do. Doctors are no more. You know what? Doctors just have license to kill. They're not the ones to. They have license to kill and we are their prey because without us, they don't have a job, you know, and we're giving it to them, giving it to them. And what I'm saying is preserve life. Life is a preservation, you know, and regardless to how you end up in that situation where you become pregnant, think about this for a second. Hmm. What if I have this baby and this baby is supposed to save the world? Like Jesus saved the world. Hmm. What if this baby is supposed to become a doctor? What if this baby is supposed to become a billionaire? A <laughs> great scientist. Or whatever. What mm -hmm. if this baby is supposed to become the greatest pastor in this world that can save lives for Christ? Yeah. What if this baby could become a teacher that will teach children whatever they're not learning right now? What if this baby could become whatever it is because they said the mind is a terrible thing to waste? Well, a baby's life is a terrible thing to waste. So let's save lives. Wow, that's and very well said. I close well this said. subject. Well, my name is Jackie. And my name is Deborah. Take care. We'll talk soon. <laughs>